0: My guest on this week's episode of Suds and Search is Greg Gifford, Search Labs Vice President of Search. Greg is a man who needs no introduction. He's an internationally recognized conference speaker and one of the most popular presenters in the industry. It would be more concise to list the conferences he hasn't spoken at. He's well-known in the SEO community, presenting at conferences like MozCon, SMX, PubCon, and Ungagged. He's a popular speaker within the automotive industry, presenting at conferences like NADA, Digital Dealer, and the Kane Automotive Conference. And he is a rock star overseas at conferences like Brighton SEO, Search Love London, in Orbit, and Learn Inbound. Greg and I work closely together building SearchLab. He has been integral to all the success the agency has had in the three years he's been here, including helping us win two U.S. Search Awards, being listed on the Inc. 5000 list, and being named Microsoft's Global Emerging Partner of the Year. This is his second appearance on Cousin Search. It was great to do it in-person this time at Old Irving Brewing. Greg recently collaborated with the leadership team at Scout and collected over 1.6 million data points to study how three popular local SEO verticals are performing. Tune in, especially if you work with car dealers, lawyers, or cannabis dispensaries. Grab something cold to drink and join me for a special episode with Greg Gifford. We'll discuss some independent research that shows exactly how few businesses are taking advantage of Google posts. We'll talk about some counterintuitive things that the research showed, and we'll spend a little time talking about Greg's belief in ghosts and haunted houses. Greg Gifford, welcome to Sussan's Search. How are you doing? I am good. Happy to be back. All right, it is good to have you back. First thing I've got to get out of the way, you've got some new ink. I do. I want to see if we can get a camera angle of this alien tattoo. Is there a camera that we can show it? I mean, that is...
1: Of the ones you've gotten, is is that, like, a favorite now, or is that... It's pretty epic, man, especially because, like... It's hard to rotate my arm for the camera, but like the tail comes out and wraps all around and like, yeah, it's pretty awesome. And now you're stuck with me because with two hand tattoos, I'm probably not getting a job anywhere else. Are so you, you going to get a face tattoo at some point? I you will not do face. Well, okay. I would say I won't do face or neck or head, but two or three years ago, I would have said I wouldn't do hands or fingers right. and I'm doing my fingers in October. So So, yeah, I probably
0: won't do my face, though. Yeah, Post Malone, let him do that. Okay. Well, you've been speaking at a bunch of conferences about some research we did in partnership with Local Places Scout. Yep. I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. Uh, When I say that, it's mostly I'm taking a little bit more credit. You just reached out to your friends at Local Places Scout, um, and the findings were really interesting. So, before we kind of get into those findings, help me set the stage of what was the research, what were you hoping to find out, and how did Local Places Scout fill in those gaps?
1: places scout by the way I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry. but it all started uh, back in January those guys got to be on a TV show and they needed a couple of like expert interview people that would be on you know like the cutaways to interviews that weren't employees so they had me and Joy come out and as we were sitting around talking I mentioned to them yeah we want to do this research project and they said dude throw anything our way we'll pull it for free I love it. and so we figured it would be really cool to look Across three verticals, but really study each vertical independently because we know that Google treats right. verticals differently. So we ran over 85, well, we ended up with over 8,500 Google business profiles. So we did car dealers, attorney, or personal injury attorneys, and cannabis dispensaries. And we did them in various cities. Uh, the car dealer and attorney cities were all the same, the cannabis ones we only did it where recreational cannabis is legal. And we looked at the only at at Google business profile rankings. So map pack rankings, we went one through 20 for each of the keyword phrases. So we ended up with 8,500 plus profiles and over uh, 1.6 million data points. So we are able to start slicing and dicing and seeing interesting things. And we got the data, I think less than a week before I had to turn in my slides for local U in Denver. So it was like a mad scramble to try to figure out what we could pull out that was useful data because it just took longer to get the data than we thought it was gonna take. Mainly because I kept coming back and going, hey guys, it'd be really cool if we could do this. And they said, oh yeah, we can add that in and then they would rerun it. Uh, But we saw some really interesting trends that a lot of the stuff wasn't surprising in cannabis and in legal where you would expect the guys that rank number one have more of or better of whichever metric we're looking at than the guys that rank 10 or 20. But interestingly enough with car dealers, it was almost the opposite, which I thought was kind of weird because you would expect the guys that have more reviews would rank higher. The guys with more photos, the guys that put more effort would rank higher, that are doing things the right way. And it's really the opposite. But I think because with auto dealers, it's a lot more specific. And if you're looking for a Ford dealer in a city, there's only a certain number of Ford dealers, so they're all going to show up and they're all going to be in that top 20. The guys that show up at the top are showing up because they've got better content on their site and better links on their site because in automotive, you have that weird setup where everybody's going to be on the same website providers. They're going to be on one of... Realistically, they're going to be on one of three website providers and they're going to have the same content as thousands of other dealerships everywhere else. And if you look at they're doing things on GMB and or GBP and I also paired this with we have a scoring matrix that you well know that we use to score car dealers on website content inbound links GBP and reviews pairing it together with that it's really clear that the guys that rank well are the guys that have awesome unique content and put effort into mm. actual SEO the reason that the guys, or the, the reason that things are inverse, and the guys that rank lower have what we would consider to be better signals on GBP just independently, is because dealers know that GBP is really important. They all understand right. it's that that first interface with potential customers. So when they're not ranking well, they go and put more effort right. into the GBP. So they're get there, or they try, to, or they think, you know, they hear, oh, reviews make a difference, and they make the mistake of thinking I can pick one or two of all the signals that are being considered and just go after that one thing and it makes a difference and it's not thinking we need to do everything right, right. and they're just doing one little bit right. So then you see the guys in the bottom have way more reviews. The guys in the bottom mm. have put more photos in. The guys on the bottom are doing posts more often. The guys in yeah. the bottom are doing more with Q&A. Not that Q&A influences ranking but you can see across all these signals whether it's something that influences ranking or doesn't influence ranking. The guys that rank lower are putting more effort into their... Profiles than the guys at the top, because the guys at the top don't
0: have to. Yeah, I get it. Makes perfect sense. I think one of the things, too, that was interesting was the choice to include cannabis dispensaries in the study in the first place. So uh, we're at Search Lab very interested in, in cannabis dispensaries. I think for local SEO. Some of us
1: might just really be interested <laughs> in cannabis if we're going to be honest.
0: <laughs> so for. Uh, here's Here's the. Here's the the thing for cannabis dispensaries, they can't advertise on Google, so they they can't throw money at the problem the way that a car dealer could or a lawyer could. Just spend uh, a ton of money on ads. You know, this is a loaded question, as you said. But what made you very interested in cannabis dispensaries as one of the the topics?
1: Did you phrase it that way on purpose? <laughs> <I> that's, <did. laughs> that's funny. I see what you're doing there. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, like a, I I enjoy the uh, the cannabis, uh, but really, it's kind of a unique situation where there really aren't a lot of businesses out there that they can't do anything else but SEO. So I think that bit is interesting and a lot of agencies are trying to break in and do digital marketing for cannabis dispensaries, but it's hard to break in because it's like, you know, how many link building outreach emails we get all the time. We just ignore them. Same thing with them. They've just got everybody coming in asking hey can we do your SEO, can we do your SEO and it's just like pointless and it's clearly just a cash grab. But I think for us there's a lot of people that enjoy partaking at the company and I think there's more of a genuine interest in trying to help the dispensaries than just trying to make a cash grab. I agree you know, it's still tough to just cold call or just show up because the decision maker isn't the person at the dispensary. Right. So we've got, I mean, this will be airing later, but the whole reason I'm here today is, or in Chicago, is because we have our first cannabis conference right. this weekend that I'm speaking at, and I kind of feel like my speaking style is probably going to go I over think it's pretty gonna well. Go well. And yeah. so that should really get our foot in the door, and I think it's a really great opportunity for us to break into a vertical. All
0: right, I love it. I want to get into some of the findings. So. One of the things you found about cannabis dispensaries was that like, nobody, like single digits percent were actually answering Q&A and taking advantage of posts. So like virtually nobody's doing this. What are they missing out on? And so
1: the really crazy thing is when you start comparing the three verticals, looking at like, and again, <laughs> <It's tough. laughs> Q&A doesn't influence ranking but it's still an important conversion point because right. it's going to attract more people. And you know, customers aren't going to go to your website or call you to ask a question, they're going to ask it there. When we look at car dealers versus attorneys versus cannabis dispensaries, cannabis dispensaries had a much higher average number of questions per profile. Right. I don't remember that number, but I want to say- But
0: kind of surprising. Yeah, it that was, was like so much 10
1: versus three versus four or five. Like it was more than double what the other ones had.
0: Right.
1: But If we're looking at, and it ended up being like 2,800-ish cannabis dispensaries. So if we're saying 2,800 with an average of 10 questions per dispensary, that simple math puts us at 28,000 questions and only 1% of those questions were answered by business. So it's all of these businesses that are getting questions asked by potential customers and they're not being answered. And that's just a massive opportunity and it's not really an seo opportunity because it's not going to influence their ranking but that's people are asking a question can i do this here can i buy this here and they're not answering and they might end up going to a competitor where you could have caught them if you'd have done that same thing with posts posts don't influence visibility but they are a conversion point they do help you stand out from competitors and if you put something compelling there if you put something that is Offer focus some sort of a special or something to let people know about what's going on and optimize that thumbnail the right way so that people will click it to see whatever the, the full post is you're gonna stand out you're gonna get more customers and nobody's doing it
0: all right well I loved this finding from the study so it makes some sense dispensaries are a newer business I guess um, especially here in Chicago it's only been legal for a little while lawyers aren't L- lawyers have been there around been there, done that they've probably spent a lot of money in SEO so it seems like they should kind of have their act together. One of the things I couldn't believe was that 22% of lawyer profiles were using UTM yeah. parameters. So that means almost like 80% are not taking advantage of UTM parameters. What are they missing out on? Why is that important?
1: And so that's, a, that's another thing that doesn't really influence how you're going to rank, yeah. but it's important if you're doing digital marketing or if you just care about your business to have better data about how people are finding you online. And attribution is sometimes kind of broken with Google Analytics, especially with mobile devices. iPhones don't pass referral information to Google Analytics because of privacy concerns. So most people out there think that direct in Google Analytics is people that typed in your URL or used a bookmark because that's what everybody's been told. Really, it's it's Google's black hole of, we don't know where the hell this came from, so we're just going to say direct because that means there is no referral information. So if you put the UTM tracking on that website link, it will force Google Analytics to correctly attribute it as organic traffic. So all of these people out there, and and lawyers, compared to most other verticals, are the most diligent with local SEO. They all get it, they're so competitive, and they're all really into SEO, and they all want to be at the top, yet there's so many of them that aren't doing it, and they don't realize what they are getting, what they're not getting, and what's working, what's not, because they don't have the ability to track what's happening or to fully track what's happening there.
0: And it's hard to be strategic if you don't have the data. So I I love it. Um, The third industry, car dealers. Here's what comes to mind. We work with a lot of car dealers. The first thing that comes to mind that's different between the other two are departmental listings, like nested listings for car dealers. You found that a little over 40% of car dealers did not separate their departmental listings. So just a little bit less than half didn't do this very essential thing why is that important? This is a really, really big deal in automotive.
1: Yeah, so Google has bent the rules around Google business profiles or changed them specifically for a couple of different verticals and car dealers are are one of those verticals where typically to be eligible to have a Google business profile you have to have separate signage, separate entrance, separate staff. Car dealers don't have I mean technically there is a door that you go through in the service department but it's part of the same building, it's the same receptionist up front answering the phones, so it's same staff, no separate signage, no separate entrance, but they let car dealers have that as a separate business center because it is a totally different thing. You don't have to buy a car to be able to go in and do service, you don't have to do service to be able to go in and buy parts. So dealers are allowed to have separate departments for these various business centers. One of the most important elements of this is we know that reviews and categories have a massive influence on your visibility and searches. Those are things that do affect how you rank. If you just have one profile for the entire dealership, all your reviews go on that profile, which is great. Your review count skyrockets. But if we look at customer behavior, typically dealerships aren't gonna get bad reviews on the sales side of things. Now lately, kind of yes, because with the whole chip shortage and inventory shortage, customers are upset that they have to pay over MSRP, so they leave some bad reviews, but in general, somebody just bought a car they're happy they're gonna leave a good review yep. service is where you get all your bad reviews because people are mad they had to wait and they didn't have an appointment yep. or service Cost did something much, wrong. Or yeah. I read one I was working on the scoring matrix just now as yeah. you were doing other interviews and they had a bunch of bad reviews and one of them was a guy went to he dropped his car off in the morning came back at four o'clock to pick his car up and they couldn't find his car because the service tech had taken it for a test drive but he's gone for an hour so just went on a joyride in the guy's car so that's why you're gonna yeah. get all your bad reviews so if you isolate those service reviews to your service profile, yeah, sure, that score's not gonna be as great, but it doesn't drag down your review score on the sales side, which is the important part because that's where you're making a lot of money. And then from the category perspective, there are 10 category slots in a Google business profile. There are more than 10 categories that apply to sales, more than 10 that apply to service, Mm -hmm. and more than 10 that apply to parts. So you have to be strategic in what you wanna pick. If you have one profile, you're at best doing 30%, 30%, 40% and you're missing out on the opportunity to show up for a lot of searches that you would have shown up better for had you only had sales-oriented categories, parts-oriented categories, and service-oriented categories. All
0: right, I'm gonna tell one more on car dealers that I was surprised by. So you can select many categories for a car dealer. So if you're a four dealer, you could have four dealer, you could have car dealer, you could have used car dealer, all in the same category selection. you found, you've been talking about, you've been sitting at auto conferences for years. Recommending fill out as many categories as are relevant 27% of people pick one category.
1: Yeah
0: Was that surprising to you?
1: That was really surprising the other thing that was really surprising so the the keywords that we ran We could probably get our editor to throw the slide up that shows it cuz I don't remember it off top of head But I know we did Ford dealer Toyota dealer Jeep dealer Maybe Mercedes I don't remember what the other one was and then used car dealer and something like 20% of the 2700 car dealer profiles had the generic car dealer as their primary category. And we all know that whatever your primary category in is a little more weighted in the algorithm, so it helps you show up a little bit better for searches related to that. It was odd that not just me, everyone else in automotive tells dealers, pick whatever brand you sell as your primary category. And so many of these dealers just had the most generic thing they could have there. And then a lot of them also only had one. And there was a significant number of dealers that had car dealer. And that was it. And it's just crazy. Well, I love
0: it. And you said at the beginning there were some surprising things and there were some counterintuitive things. Of all the data you found, was there anything that that we haven't mentioned now that really surprised
1: you that we should point out from this study? Yeah, the, the. The review count was really odd, like significantly more reviews for the guys at number 20 than the guys at number one, which was really odd.
0: I love it. Um, All right. Well, I want to shift gears. You usually ask the no context questions, so I'm going to try out a few on you. Greg Giver, do you or do you not believe in haunted
1: houses, that there are actual spirits in haunted houses? Oh, man, we're going deep on this. We're now sharing with the world that I partake in cannabis, and I completely yes. believe it is true. There are ghosts. I used to live in a haunted house, so legitimately, ghosts are real. All right. Where, what is the last great movie you saw? Whoa. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once Mm. was mind-blowingly awesome. Quick, quick. Really good. Also, the unbearable weight of massive talent was phenomenal and way better than I thought it would be. (laughs) And the Predator prequel Prey. Yeah, what would you think? Was actually excellent, too. Awesome. But Everything, Everywhere, All at Once is the best thing I've seen in a very long time.
0: Why you say the golden age of movies... 1985, 1980s? 1985
1: is the golden year for American film comedy. Why? Because there were so many. (laughs) So when I do my presentations, there's always a movie theme, and there's always one movie for every year in the last 50 years. And whenever I do a comedy theme, I've got 36 movies just from 1985. And there's more, but there's some really obscure ones, and you start bending the rules about... Whether it's really a comedy or not, because maybe it's really just a drama that there's some laughs, so you could count it, maybe you can't. But if you're just looking at straight up comedies, there's a ton. And then if you start including all the sex comedies, because that was when they started doing all the like, you know, the softcore sex comedies, there was a ton of those. Like it was just a great year, but that's when we had like. Ghostbusters was 84, so it was the year before, but it started with Ghostbusters. You got Ghostbusters, you got Goonies, you got Breakfast Club, you got Back to the Future, you got Weird Science, you got all these just insanely amazing classic comedies that came out in 85.
0: All right, last, I'm going to try, try and see if I can challenge you a little bit. Great. So we're filming this in Chicago. Many movies have been filmed here. What is your favorite Chicago-based movie of all time?
1: Oh, Gotta be Ferris. Ferris Bueller's It's saying. Gotta be Ferris. Like that's also. Oh no, that is not true. That is not true. The Untouchables is the, the best. The Untouchables. The Untouchables is right. the A best. And S? Yeah. Yeah. Like I actually just watched that the other night with my kid, and he'd never seen it, and it blew his mind, and he was like bawling when Sean Connery got shot. Like. Oh uh, awesome. yeah. Well, this has been
0: awesome. I want to point out, you'll be speaking at Canacon. You'll be speaking all over the place. If people want to know where you're speaking or follow you or. Get, get in touch
1: with you, how should they do so? So I think this episode's coming out maybe in September-ish, but yep. so we've got Canacon now, I've got Digital Summit, Seattle Digital Summit Raleigh in September. I've got, I'm speaking at the Utah DMC, which is like a yeah, regional a one, digital yeah. marketing group. I'm speaking at that in September. Uh, I'm doing an NADA 20 group in September. In the first week of October, I'm heading back over to the UK to do Brighton SEO. I come right back from that, and I have two back-to-back conferences in Vegas, so Driving Sales Executive Summit and Digital Dealer. Then I go home for a week, and then I go back to Vegas again for SMASH, which is a Senior Healthcare Conference. That's October. November, I've got a couple, but I honestly don't remember what they are. Uh, December, I'm going to Bali. Uh, which just so happens to fall on my 50th birthday. So that oh, works out really nicely. Plan, yeah. uh, and so lots of stuff and then a bunch of stuff next year. So I'm I'm all over like I'll probably end up doing 35, 36 conferences this year in person.
0: Amazing. Amazing. So frequent flyer miles are
1: getting up there. Rebounding.
0: Okay, I like Paying it. for
1: my wife's ticket to Bali. There you go.
0: There you go. Um, last thing, local search Tuesdays. Talk to the folks about it. Where can they see it if they yeah, are? Not so
1: anywhere. across various agencies I've worked at for the last Nine years now, I've done a local SEO focused weekly tip video. And once I got here, we called it Local Search Tuesday, so it comes out every Tuesday. I haven't missed a Tuesday since I started working here, which is getting tough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so every Tuesday, it's typically short three to five minute videos on a specific tip to help people be better at showing up in local searches. But I also will share longer videos when I'm sharing a recording of my presentation from a conference. Like, this will be airing after I showed this Local Search Tuesday, but we're filming this on a Thursday. We have Canacon on Friday and Saturday, and next Tuesday's video is my recording of my session from Canacon. So there's a lot of really helpful stuff to watch in there. I love it. And goofy stuff, because like, I shoot it in front of a green screen, so, you know, my not so evil clone comes out and I'll have conversations and we do goofy stuff. and. The whole sperm thing, yeah. you know, it's it's fun,
0: and occasionally Max makes an appearance. I love it. Yeah, so, well, awesome. Well, I'm gonna give you a cheers. I'll sign off for now, but we'll be back next week with another episode of Sussin Search. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me.